0: Breakfast puppies?
1: This podcast contains adult language and content and is meant for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. You're listening to the Glitter Boys.
0: Nathaniel, I've been struggling as of late. Because I realized that I use like six different ways to track what's going on in my games. Don't I know it. And it's I'm, I'm trying to find a simpler way than what I'm doing at the moment to have the information I need, the information the players need and and not be carrying it completely in my head or partially spread across four different mediums. And what are your thoughts on this? (laughs) Oh, this is a,
1: this is a can of worms. I've struggled with ADHD for many, many years. And one of the many components of said struggle uh, involves, where am I going to keep my notes at any one time? Am I going to keep them in this tiny little notepad? Am I going to keep them in a larger notepad? Am I going to be experimenting with graph paper notepads this week and put them in that instead? How about digitally? Am I going to put them in OneNote? Am I going to put them in Notepad? Am I going to put them in... A synchronization tool, or maybe I'm going to store them online. Maybe maybe I want to share them with players. Okay, do I just want to send them a link to a, a text document, or do I want to spend some time formatting things? It's,
0: But I don't uh, want to give them any, everything either, you know, yeah. because I have a lot of my notes and stuff that they shouldn't see for the joy of the surprise and that sort of thing. Well, I want to
1: go a little back through history of how young me did things. So before web pages were super easy to put up and before we had file synchronization tools like Dropbox and the things that have come from that. I remember I kept all of my notes in a three ring binder, like, and, and I had my, my massive gaming binder where I kept You know, I had those, uh, you know, the colored tabs that you could slide the little scraps in and write down what each tab was. And sometimes I would have um, different smaller three-ring binders specifically for either a game system or a campaign. And those three-ring binders are still in that hall closet. (laughs) They have made it through middle school, from middle school, through many moves. The ones that I've wanted to keep, they're still in there. But... It's very difficult to share stuff from a three-ring binder with players. So back in whoo, early 2000s, uh, late 90, no, 1999 is when I I think I met a fellow named Grady, and he was a DM that I played off and on under when I lived in Atlanta for a good almost five years, and I met Many people through there, including one of my best friends in the world, Greg, who may or may not be listening. The uh, Greg probably remembers this. And Grady introduced me to the idea of gaming minutes. He wrote out lengthy reports of his games and then printed them out and handed them to the players every new session. You would sit down and there'd be a new printout. You'd be anywhere from two to four pages stapled and it would be a review of things been on. And it was almost like reading, um, reading a podcast report something. It was, it was humorous. He had his own style to it. It, it inspired me to do the same when I moved to Portland. I got like Adobe page maker at the time and started making, my own minutes and that's a lot of fun I don't think anybody read them though (laughs) so that leads us to the number one problem that we will always face when you try and keep your notes and share your notes do they even care
0: right yeah that's that's the hard one and that seems to vary with the player in the group a lot I am a huge fan of notes from session to session uh preferably in a shared format uh preferably like an online document or something but i'm also that's not something i'm going to try to keep while i'm also trying to run a game that does not work for me i am not going to be taking notes on what's going on in the session while i'm running a session that just is a task i can't integrate I, I'll, I'll do very quick sketches, but it's oftentimes the stuff that's important to me as a game master, not what's important to me as uh, to the players as players. I offload that crap um, <laughs> to the point where I am very clear with my players that if there's someone at the table who's willing to take notes on the session, they get extra experience points. Um, if the setting in any way, shape or allows for it, um, extra, I, I've done extra bennies and in, in Savage Worlds and such. But like, you know, there's that formula in a lot of Palladium books where these experience points that you can get for like defeating the bad guy, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And 75 for being the note taker for the session <laughs> is added by Jacob. And it, it because it's a valuable tool for me because it also tells me what's stuck with the players out of the session. Um, And it offloads that burden from me. I just, I couldn't do it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, when it comes to notes that only matter to me, it doesn't really matter where they are. (laughs) Uh, If it's a, okay, I was going to go in in one direction, but I'm going to, I'm going to change direction real quick. It matters to me now. Over the last year and so, I have been doing, I've been putting in an effort to revamp my process on how I do notes and how I share notes and where I put those notes. And I actually have a lot to say on that. So I'm not going to go super down that tangent. But we sat down to talk specifically on this topic about How do we wiki or or do we wiki? So uh, some folks might not know what a wiki is. There's a chance and a wiki is a essentially a shared encyclopedia or a shared record. It is a system of online documenting that multiple people can contribute to and, you know, they can uh, approve or revert changes and whatnot. It's essentially a track changes shared note. They have become popular in the last few decades (laughs) for for keeping notes uh, for gaming. And there's there's lots of online systems that kind of do that. There's. um, You can, of course, host your own easily just by installing MediaWiki, but there's also things like um, Obsidian Portal, which is a, a campaign place where you can pay a monthly fee and they give you a space, which has a lot of gaming focused bells and whistles and there's um what was the world anvil which uh, i'm not impressed with world i was not impressed but it. it was I, that's asked me in private sometime my feelings are world anvil but it's it's another one of those world building slash wiki places for that that's themed at that so i'm just kind of rambling all over the place here did you have a question
0: yeah i mean <laughs> so what makes a good wiki in your opinion
1: Okay, what makes a good wiki? So again, it's a tough topic because at the core, you have to figure out why do you want a wiki? Why do you want to keep your notes online? And you know, you may think, uh, do I want to keep my notes online so I can access them anywhere? Me, personally, that's why I do it. I have a tablet, I have a phone, I have a laptop, I have a PC, and I want my notes everywhere. I want to be able to pull it up at any time. That's my main thing. But at the root of the concept of the wiki is the shared workload. You like to offload as much of your note-taking as you can to the players. I, I also like that as well. But getting players to actually contribute to something between sessions like a wiki I have never had luck with that. Every time I've tried, I think over the past 20 years of gaming where that has been like a thing, having a shared document or something. I think I have gotten maybe four players across 20 years of campaigns to contribute a little bit. (laughs) So wikis, ultimately, unless you have a wonderful unicorn group that's that that is the perfect gaming group that is all equally bought into to your campaign, your wiki ends up being your notes.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I've had that experience once where I had a group where everybody except me, uh, I was a player in that group. Uh, participated in the uh, shared note wiki. Uh, I, I didn't just because I don't know LaTeX. And oh, uh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> they all did. And so it was the most gorgeous wiki of notes you've ever seen. But oh my God.
1: <laughs> Today, my approach that I have actually been building towards this method for some time. I even wrote a blog article about uh, adopting this method for game design like a decade ago. And I am a big fan of a text markup language called Markdown. It is a very simple way of prettying up basic text. It's, you know, if you ever see somebody who does the, you know, two asterisks, as, uh, you know, a, a pair of asterisks to the left and right of a word to to bold it. That's okay. what Markdown does. Or you oh. put, like, uh, your headers are done by putting hash marks in front of a thing. So one hash mark is header one, two hash marks is subheader two, and so on. And you can uh, use a bullet list just by either a dash or an asterisk space thing, and that begins to format a list. I've been using Markdown for years. It's so easy to read once you're used to writing it. And there's many tools out there that even support it. Hell, Google Docs now has built-in Markdown support. It will automatically format your Markdown as you type it. There is one of those online RPG wiki tools called The Goblin's Notebook. It is... I started using for our late alternative game and it's amazing. (laughs) It is an online wiki like tool designed specifically for GMs and players keeping records that has custom sections and you can build connections between things and mappings. And it makes keeping track of everything ridiculously easy and it fully supports and is built upon Markdown in a way that, like, getting used to it was it was a no-brainer for me. And it's ridiculously cheap. It's like a couple of bucks or something on Patreon. That's Damn.
0: it. I'll have to look into that one. And it, does that allow you to just player-facing it? Or it
1: does. It so- has, you have your notes mm-hmm. and your campaign structure that you can build out in it. And you can click on different things. By default, it's all hidden. (laughs) But you can click on things to make them visible. Oh, okay. And then the players have a player-facing version of that, which is only the visible components.
0: That would be handy, because my problem is trying to retrofit the hidden into a visible. Maybe that's where I'm going wrong. I should be going for all hidden and then make parts of it visible. Yeah,
1: that I would... (laughs) Wow. Uh, Yeah. 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 That's the approach that I would highly recommend. (laughs) What's what's cool with the Goblins notebook and a lot of the other tools can do this as well, is that you can default everything to hidden and then you make one page visible. But within that page, you then hide more data. <laughs> so <laughs> it, it's like you can have a GM's only section of a visible note that still only the GM can see. Cool, 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 yeah.
0: cool. That that makes a lot of sense. What do you see the players getting out of it? The players
1: can... Well, actually, you know what? I don't know how much involvement they ever added for player input on that. The, one of the reasons that I went... To use the Goblin's Notebook was because of its Markdown support, and I think that the the player facing version was added later on in the development cycle. But I I've I've just given up <laughs> on <laughs> t- hoping that players will be invested enough to contribute to a wiki, and it's such so a tool like the Goblin's Notebook. If I get to a point that I want to share campaign information. It's perfect for my needs. There's zero expectation of anybody else but me to update this. And since I can update it in a way that is comfortable for me to write and looks pretty for them to see, best of both worlds.
0: And how do you integrate it with the table?
1: I keep it open on my tablet so I can access it while I'm playing. Tell me more about what you're looking for here. Well,
0: I mean, like, how, how do you... Do you use it in the moment when you're game mastering? Have you ever seen your players l- use it while at the table?
1: We had it open during several of the alternative sessions. Yeah. Yeah. For referencing uh, background information. I did my best to kind of write up world descriptions and put them in there because the star drive setting was new to everyone. Yeah. And there was a lot of politics happening. Yep. So it 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 came in handy there.
0: I mean, I vaguely Remember looking up a couple times stuff on it, um, but I it's so long ago my brain has forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I opened and looked at a thing. That's all I remember. Um, but yeah, no, and so do you see it? Do you see wikis and stuff at this point being mostly tools for game masters? Or yeah, oh yeah, I
1: I think the idea of a player group that is all contributing to a wiki. I think that is about as much of a myth as a California that was full of happy, smiling, surfing people in the fifties. Like like, that's the California myth. And this is the gaming wiki myth. (laughs) They're, they're fictional creatures. You might maybe encounter them out in the wild, but again, it's, it's like, (laughs) I don't know finding that that perfect deal on Mm -hmm. on a microphone
0: (laughs) yeah i mean the closest i've ever come to seeing it actually work was in a couple projects where it was a shared world with multiple gms and the gms were definitely very invested in updating the wiki and you know um to the point where we'd have literally wikipedia level editing arguments (laughs) occasionally over you did that but john did x and sarah did y and how do we get this into the canon as it were
1: (laughs) but again those are the gms (laughs) yeah again yeah even though they were players they were also the gms now we do live in this era of player or not player of um user Facing wikis everywhere. That horrible, crappy company, Fandom, bought all the good ones, but still they exist and they have user contributed content. You can go to Fandom and find a wiki on almost any nerdy property you can think of. And they are full of people, you know, varying by the popularity or obscurity of the property who. Put in their free personal time to update with episode descriptions of their favorite shows and, uh, you know, relationships between characters of said shows and whatnot. I think that in order for you to find a group of gamers who are willing to do that for your campaign, it needs to be a popular enough setting mm-hmm. <laughs> or, <laughs> you know, you need to be critical role. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Or or uh as I have heard from someone else I had a conversation with, uh only run games for English majors. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah.
1: Oh man. Well, I mean, okay, let's what's thing? What's our super group here? We need a game and of uh, the players, one of them needs to be an artist. Yep. We need a musician for the theme song. Yep. Um, we need somebody good at video editing so you can make trailers. Mm-hmm. Uh, you need the English major who's definitely
0: going to be able to type up all the notes. Uh, a PhD level historian uh, who's up on research met- methodology and codification. You need somebody who's good at cooking to feed the group. Yep.
1: yep. Yeah. Yep. There you,
0: go. There, that's you the, go.
1: there There's that. That's the dream team. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, and they all need to be pretty and thespians. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And then you have then you have the gaming supergroup that all of these gaming tools are
0: aimed at. <laughs> <laughs> Which, you know, and yeah, they don't need to and they should not have day jobs Yeah. oh yeah, yeah. none of them have day
1: jobs or other hobbies yeah. beyond the things that we've mentioned so far not even other game groups are no, allowed no other gaming groups and they, they meet twice a week because yep. that's the amount of free time that you all have in this magical surfing California I'm now incredibly <laughs> depressed
0: yep yeah but yeah no um, yeah so wikis i think we can kind of sum it up as it's definitely a tool for game masters uh a player facing component can be helpful if they ever are going to look at it and that's really the long and short of it
1: yeah if you're just trying to keep your own notes you don't need a wiki for that there's as I have learned from my ADHD methods, there are so many ways to keep notes. Even if you want to do it digitally, you can do things like Microsoft OneNote, which is free. Mm-hmm. You can get a SimpleNote, Note, SimpleNote.com account. It's It also is Markdown. It is a Markdown-based, very simple note-taking system. Uh, and you can get more and more advanced as you go up from there. You can deal with the uh, Google Docs or... Evernote or any of those other things. Uh, Me, I like again. I like to keep things simple. I I do OneNote sometimes. Problem is with OneNote, I find myself getting more and more obsessed with the structure of it to the point that I'm like, now I'm not taking notes. Now I'm writing a book. Ah,
0: yeah, yeah. I the closest I've ever used to a program what. uh, uh, To really do that, that wasn't kind of haphazard, whatever worked at the moment, was when I was actually designing a game system, and I cribbed a free copy of a writer's outline tool and uh, used that, and it was super helpful, and it got the job done. Yeah. Players should never have seen that thing because it would make their head hurt <laughs> because the logic oh. map was just insane. <laughs> uh, well, there you go.
1: Logic mapping, mind mapping. Those are depending upon if you are visually a focused game master, you might find a mind map tool to be more to your liking. We could. Oh, could really talk about this for a very long time.
0: <laughs> oh, I, I use mind mapping tools all the time yeah. and we should probably talk about that because especially for the style of games I run where um, it's a, a narrative story being told uh, it's I, I kind of live and die on those.
1: I tried mind mapping they required too much effort mm. to get into a structure that I liked and many of them didn't have the structure even the capabilities i wanted you know relationships all over the place and not only limited to certain components like mind mapping tools tend to do that's why again the goblin's notebook is something i cannot praise highly enough the ability to add relationships to things just by like dragging and dropping and or uh to have those relationships then be listed out beneath it and you know this person hates this person this person grew up with this person this these people work together in this organization
0: kind of things and have it just automatically build out it's beautiful awesome i'm gonna definitely have to give goblins in a book a try now, if anyone could ever go through every Rifts book ever written and put the names of all of the NPCs and factions and political entities and link them together in Goblin's Notebook, that would be awesome. <laughs> that would be wonderful. I would love to see something
1: like that in uh, a player wiki. And you know what? Given the, uh, the Rifts is a at least a somewhat popular property and fandom exists... I would not be surprised if there was a Rift's fandom site that Ooh. already had relationships, characters like Aaron Tarn and Carl Prosek and um, what's his name from Beyond the Supernatural? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, um, Victor Laszlo. Victor Laszlo. Yeah. 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 I would not be surprised
0: if there's already,
1: if there's not already a site.
0: Yeah. I. We should look. We should see. Should see. for the life of me i still don't remember how triax and the coalition feel about each other <laughs> yeah, yeah and uh
1: if you remember dear listener how the triax how the coalition and triax feel about each other let us know <laughs> I, I remember but yeah any any final thoughts
0: uh, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, no one says you should do anything one way or the other to organize yourself as a game master or for your group. Uh, but I would love to hear what's worked for you and your group. Please visit our Discord, share your stories and tools, drop links to them, you know, help the community help each other. Thanks for listening, folks. We'll catch you next time.
1: Starships. Magic, mystic martial arts, romance—all of these can be found in *A Cloak of Blades* by Isaac Sher. You might have heard my name before. I've done a lot of voiceover work for Breakfast Puppies, and I've recently released my first novel. It's available on Amazon as an ebook and paperback, and you can get it for free if you have a Kindle Unlimited subscription. I do hope you'll support my work as you're supporting Breakfast Puppies. And it's been a pleasure talking with you today. Have a good one. You've been listening to the Glitter Boys, a Palladium Books fan podcast. This closing music is Caravana by Philip Gross, available at freemusicarchive.org. All sound effects used are self-made or acquired via Creative Commons Zero license. If you like what you have heard, find us on Twitter and Facebook as The Glitter Boys. That's B-O-I-S. And check us out online at breakfastpuppies.com slash glitterboys. And also join us on the Breakfast Puppies Network Discord at breakfastpuppies.com slash discord. And if you want to help us out, please spread the word and help us build a community. Thanks again for listening. We'll catch you next time.